0: Good morning. So we pause on this sixth Sunday of ordinary time to celebrate the World Day of Marriage, which was firmly established and adopted in 1983 by Worldwide Marriage Encounter. Ten years later, Pope John Paul II imparted his apostolic blessings on this day, encouraging celebrations and faith expressions of love and of marriage. So to tie the celebration of marriage to the readings of Sunday, let me share with you some snippets that provide the insights of four to eight-year-olds when they were asked the question, "What does love mean?" Seven-year-old Nicole said, "Love is when you tell a guy you like his shirt and then he wears it all the time." Marianne, who was four, answered. Love is when your puppy licks your face even after you have left him home alone all day. Seeing that we recently came off Christmas, I like what seven-year-old Bobby said. He said, Love is what's left in the room with you at Christmas if you stop opening presents and listen. Wise kids. But it was six-year-old Nika who hit the theme of today's gospel. For when asked what love was, she simply said, If you want to learn to love better, you should start with a friend you hate. Indeed, Nika takes us to the heart of today's reading. For in order for Christ to show us the death of God's love, he dismissed the Hebrew laws and structure and turned to the socially lowest of the low of those times, those who were hated, those whose society had turned their backs on, the lepers. Putting this into context, the word leper is translated from a Hebrew word which is not the precise medical term. It rather referred to a whole wide range of disfiguring conditions that resulted in rejection by society. The physical conditions were so repulsive that it was mistakenly thought that God used them as an instrument of divine punishment. So what you heard in today's first reading is part of Leviticus Scripture's that delineates the rules and regulations for excluding people who are grouped under this classification of lepers. They were isolated from the family. They had to live in the Gehenna dump outside the wall of Jerusalem where they hoped to find some food to live on. If they had to move anywhere to beg for their needs, they were required to cry out, unclean, unclean, to warn those around them to stay away. Now, 2,000 years later, society still looks to exclude others based on its own individual yardsticks that we use to measure. Over the next few weeks, our country will debate the fate of some 1.8 million young men and women known better as the Dreamers who were brought into this country as undocumented children. For decades, they've called our country their home. But will they get to stay? It was this past October that the first use of hashtag MeToo was used on social media. Within the first 24 hours, the veil was lifted by over a million women who've been quietly living in fear and shame through widespread abuse and harassment. And then just this past month, a Jesuit priest who, following in the footsteps of Pope Francis and preaching the gospel message of love and compassion for all others, was railroaded out of the Diocese of Metuchen before he could even deliver his talk entitled Jesus Christ, Fully Human, Fully Divine. See, and the list could go on with examples of exclusion of others, but at the same time, we honestly have to recognize that each of us carry our own degree of brokenness, our own degree of leprosy, our own woundedness, our own questions of worthiness. For in direct contrast to how religion dealt with lepers and all those not welcomed in society through exclusivity, Jesus brought us a new way, a new law, that is based on inclusion. Jesus goes out of his way to make this point early in his ministry. Not only shows care for the leper, but he deliberately ignores the Leviticus law and goes up and he touches the leper and says, Be made clean. Christ supplanted the religion of law with the religion of communion. But as we know, Jesus didn't stop with this one leper. For throughout the gospel, Jesus meets and befriends and dines and heals the sinner, the prostitute, the tax collectors, the adulteress. It's clear that Jesus Christ was so intent on welcoming the excluded of his day that no one could doubt the unconditional love God has for all of us. Just as we are, Leper and all. See, each time we come to church, each time we pray, each time we come to this altar, our simple presence echoes the cry of the leper if you wish, you can heal me. And each time our God always answers, I will do it, be made clean. For with Christ there's no shame, there's no second class citizens, there's no lack of forgiveness. There's no earning of God's love. The untouchable are touched by God, giving us no reason to feel unworthy, no hesitation for us to move close to Christ. And lastly, take note of the irony in this gospel. In the beginning, we find Christ in the community and the leper, the outcast, among his people. And after the healing... And contrary to what Jesus asked, the leper runs off to tell his story and regain society. But with that, Jesus finds it impossible to enter a town openly. Jesus becomes the outcast and remains in the desert. Having touched the leper, Jesus takes his place and assumes his sentence of exclusion. And so it is the same Christ who carries our burdens, and takes up our cross. And all we have to do is be like the leper and allow God to touch us. So let me end with one more story from the children who were asked what love is. I think it was the best one. It came from a 4-year-old whose next-door neighbor was an elderly gentleman who had recently lost his wife. Upon seeing the man cry, the little boy went into the old man's backyard and climbed into his lap and just sat there. When his mother asked him later what he had said to the neighbor, the little boy said, Nothing. I just helped him cry. Is it any wonder that Jesus said if we are to enter the kingdom of God, or in other words, to be ever-present, God's abundant love, that we need to have a beginner's mind of a child, free from ego, judgment, and exclusion. For this gospel assures us that we can come before our God with our brokenness, with our shame, with our rejections, and with our addictions, and with the confidence that we are always welcomed into God's arms. So as we take time this Sunday to celebrate love and marriage, may we remember in our prayers today all those who are engaged and married and widowed. May we find the freedom to turn toward all others with a sense of openness and inclusion. May we look at the parts of ourselves that we deem leprous and turn to God and ask to be made clean. May we always remember that our God will always climb into our laps will never exclude us, will always be present to us, and will always comfort us in God's eternal embrace of divine love.